dentistry. Good afternoon. How can I help you? Oh, good afternoon. I was wondering if I could book in an appointment with the dental hygienist, please. And your name? Jack Boswell. Hi, I'm Jack and welcome to my podcast. If you're wondering why I've decided to open with a trip to the dentist, it's because in a few weeks I'll be traveling to the US. And if there's one thing I know about Americans, they're very serious about their teeth. So now that I'm booked in for a cleaning, join me on this travel series as I cross the expanse, which is America, taking you off the beaten jack. I'm sitting on a bench in a square near where I live in London, like Forrest Gump. Don't worry, I'm not going to do the line from that movie. Though I do disagree with it about life being like a box of chocolates and you never know what you're going to get because you do know what you're going to get with chocolates. You know exactly what you're going to get because they come with a little guide. But I'm sitting here, I've just had my teeth cleaned, as I said in the intro which is something I always do before I go to the US. It's become a little bit of a ritual because I'm very aware of the stereotype about us limey Brits and our Austin Powers teeth. And I like to challenge that if I possibly can. And I am aware of the insane privilege that the worst prejudice I've had to face in my life is to do with dental care. I get that, okay? Nevertheless, it's step one in my American travel checklist. Step two is, of course, health insurance, which I have locked down. I have a policy which seems to cover me for most things except injury from camel riding, which I hope is not going to be an issue, and injury from battle reenactment. That's going to be an interesting conversation if I end up in hospital with a bullet wound from a Civil War rifle. (laughs) But what's this got to do with my podcast? You might be wondering... Good question. Well, the pandemic, I think, has made a lot of people dwell on where they are in their life and maybe where they'd like to be. Perhaps the things they put down or put on hold a couple of years ago and thought they could pick back up. And then, of course, the world got thrown into chaos and they couldn't. And for me, it's always been screenwriting. That's where my heart is. I've been writing, pitching, developing projects for years, trying to break into that world. And I've always wanted to go and do that in L.A., for a little bit and you might be thinking wow Jack Hollywood that's original no one else goes there to pursue a dream well of course you're right but I have decided I am going to do that and so about a month ago I quit my job and I realized that right out of the gate I'm very lucky to be able to do that I've been fortunate to have a job throughout the pandemic And I managed to save a little bit of money because there was not much else to spend money on. And so I decided, when else am I going to do it? I may as well try and put those savings to some use and pursue a dream, which is what I'm going to do. But I'm very aware that they say life is about the journey, not the destination. And those of you that know me know that I am a big fan of traveling in small town America. I'm really drawn to Main Street and small communities where everyone knows each other and it feels like you're in a movie. And so I've decided instead of flying straight to LA, I'm going to fly to the East Coast and I'm going to take the train across America and stop in those little towns along the way. I've never taken the train 
in America before. I've always driven because it is the land of cars and the land of road trips. But there is an undeniable charm to train travel and those wonderful double-decker trains they have with an observation deck and you can sit and sip your coffee and look out snowy-tipped mountains flying past. I mean, what an incredible way to travel. I'm getting excited just talking about it. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to travel across in bleak, bitter winter through the north when it's well below freezing and only a crazy person would do that. And I'm going to record this series as I do it. I'm going to interview people I meet, people I stay with, maybe about the things that we can learn from each other, whether that's a new skill or a recipe or a piece of music that we can learn to play or a life philosophy, whatever it is. What can we learn from each other? Very much in the spirit of couch surfing, which is how I'm going to be traveling. And there's going to be more on that later if you don't know what that is. So this is really the subject for my first interview. And there aren't enough hyphens in the world to describe my guest. She has been a teacher, a journalist, a writer, editor. She's started a magazine. She's been a parenting coach. And she's also involved in more environmental and community groups than I can even begin to list. She's none other than my very own mum. And she has very kindly agreed to come and be my first guest. So please, will you welcome her to my show? Please welcome Dorothy. Take it away. Mum, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for being the first guest. Hello, Jack. Delighted to be here. (laughs) I realise it's a little bit potentially tragic, the idea of starting a podcast and the only guest you can get is your mum. But there is a very good reason why I've asked you to come on which is that you were a very early user of couch surfing, which is how I'm going to be traveling around America. And I thought that it would be uh, interesting to pick your brain about how you got into it. And maybe a good place to start would be sort of what it is for anyone who doesn't know. Okay, well, couch surfing is a way of staying in places for free. As far as I understand it, it started... I think with a student conference in Iceland and somebody saying, where is there to stay? And somebody saying, well, you know, we've got some mattresses. Why don't you come and stay at our place? And it grew into that. And of course, it grew from that eventually into Airbnb, which we now is this kind of potentially monstrous thing, which is ruining cities all over the world. So it's interesting. It came from a very benevolent kind of place. And certainly I have one kind of lifelong friend in India that I've stayed with as a result of it. Mm. It was a really interesting way of doing it. If you were going somewhere which wasn't an obvious tourist destination, and at at that point I was planning on going to Bangladesh, for example. Mm. And Bangladesh doesn't, or it certainly didn't then, have any kind of developed tourist industry. And I was traveling on my own in a country where that's unusual for a woman. And so there were lots of really good reasons for doing couch surfing. And in order to do it, it was quite important that you built up a profile that people thought you were trustworthy and that, you know, you it wasn't just a purely one-sided thing because, you know, there were clearly lots of people who just kind of were coming on and trying to get free accommodation in places where accommodation is expensive, like London, where mm. I live. Yeah. And you didn't just want that. You wanted it to be about more about kind of relationships and things. I think it's sort of interesting because I think a lot of people who don't do it or haven't done it probably assume that it's something that just young people would do or students would do and might be surprised that, you know, when you started doing it, you were, I guess, in your early 50s, teenage son, recently divorced. You know, what was the reason that you... I I think it was this thing about, you know, that 
we all know that if you're going to visit somewhere, it's really interesting to get an insider's view. Mm. And that's something that's quite difficult to get. You know, if you're not going to somewhere for work, if you're just going there as a tourist, Mm. but you actually want to find out more about it from what it's actually like to be there. Um, I think that was one of the things. And also because I really love London, so I kind of quite like the idea of sharing that with people. You know, mm. I, you see sort of tourists wandering around around central London who are staying in kind of soulless hotels and you think they're really not seeing anything of London at all if they think the best use of their time is to send hours queuing outside Madame Tussauds, for example. Right, yeah. That's not really any Londoner's idea of London. It's funny that because I suppose, you know, for some people travelling is going and taking the same picture that a thousand other people have taken that day. But for other people, traveling is as much about the locals that you'll meet and the stories you hear as the places themselves. That is a different way of experiencing a community and a culture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we, I mean, it must have been weird for you because I can't think who the first person we had was. I remember having a a Swedish couple who stayed for a couple of nights. We, We had a Brazilian couple. And what was funny about them was that they thought that London was warm and cheap. And the reason they thought that was that they were on their honeymoon and they'd initially gone to Iceland. Right. Because Iceland is cold and really, really expensive. So they were the first people I'd ever met who actually thought that London was was quite cheap and quite warm. It's interesting because I've noticed that looking at places myself, there's a kind of perfect host that you look for. And that's someone that has lots of good references and interesting profile, things about themselves, things that you might connect over. But crucially, you look at these references and there's a mixture of different genders, different ages, different Mm -hmm. backgrounds. And you go, okay, this person's very open-minded and it's in the spirit of couch surfing. But there are some where I'll look at it and, you know, it'll be a guy... And you'll, you'll, they'll have 50 references. They're all great, but you'll see every single one is from a young woman. And, and I'll think, okay, well, there's not even any point in me sending the request because mm. clearly you're only taking requests from young women. Yeah. And so I suppose there is a sort of, it is a great resource and a great way to travel, but you do need to sort of have a healthy awareness, you know, of the way the world works. And some people are going to try and maybe use it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not to also, you know, those people might be perfectly nice. I'm sure they are, but you do need to have your head screwed on straight with some of these things. And it's funny because you use the word uh, open-minded and that's one of the things you ought to be very careful of if you were to see that. And that's where anybody is who's saying that they're open-minded and that's something that they want in their visitors might, you know, might have different implications to what one might imagine. Yeah, well, I've, I've certainly seen somewhere it says... Um, you know, I'm a nudist. That's quite hilarious, the idea of going to stay with somebody. I mean, at what point, you know, when, after you've arrived, you expected to take all your clothes <laughs> off? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I suppose just from a kind of mother's perspective, mm-hmm. you know, is there anything that worries you about me going away or when I've done it in the past? Um, well, I mean, I've, re- I've read things that you've written about stuff you've done in the past, which I'm glad I didn't know about until afterwards when you were kind of safely. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you're kind of, you know, I know that you kind of like an adventure and that, that you've also been lucky or careful or whatever. You know, your guardian angel's been looking after you in some situations. Um, all of that worries me. <laughs> I sort of been dwelling on the fact that so much of traveling, I feel like it's impossible now to do anything new because obviously the whole world has pretty much been mapped and explored and Instagrammed to within an inch of its life. 
But the thing that is new is traveling through places during such an uncertain time. It's sort of that is a new experience、mm. that we haven't necessarily done. And I suppose I'm sort of curious. You know, traveling across somewhere like America, you are going to have a huge spectrum of attitudes and opinions, and I'm sure not all of them will be aligned with my own. Some、mm. might be, some might not be. But again, I sort of feel like in the spirit of couchsurfing, it's sort of you, you know, talking and sharing a drink and sharing a meal with people that you might not necessarily agree with. It's sort of a productive thing to do because you know, too often we sort of wall ourselves off in our little echo chambers.、Mm. And、uh, when you sort of travel, and especially when you travel away from big cities, you get a very different, a different perspective. That's really true. That's really true. You know, as you're aware, there's lots of things that I've always talked about doing or wanted to do. Certainly, going and spending some time pitching my writing in LA and making contacts—it's something that I've I've wanted to do for a long time. And I、mm -hmm. think often I I make excuses to not do things, or I talk myself out of it. And you know, the past year. Has made a lot of people realise the things that you sort of take for granted, like being able to get on a plane.、Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a human right; it's not something that's guaranteed.、Mm -hmm. And so there's this balance between wanting to take advantage of that, you know, when things、mm. have opened up a bit more, versus the sort of moral kind of arguments about is this the right time to travel? Is it too soon? Should you be taking that risk both for yourself and in terms of other people you could potentially put at risk? It's really difficult because I keep thinking, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit like Jimmy Stewart and it's a wonderful life, you know, trying to leave his hometown. It's like for nearly two years since you were kind of turning thirty that you know you were planning to leave, and then lockdown happened, and and suddenly everything changed, and you know you've been forced to stay in Bedford Falls or <laughs> North London, as we sometimes refer to it, here, when actually you wanted to be, you know, taking your big leather case and going off and being an engineer or whatever, or not in in your case. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sadly for you, I don't have aspirations that that, that、uh, sensible. Sadly, yeah.、Um, uh, I know, and I think it's also that balancing, you know, that feeling of maybe like, oh, I should have done this a few years ago. And there's a time and a place when you can go and take risks and move to another place for a while and pursue those dreams. And you know, I suppose there's also a, a slight fear I have that I've left that too late, and that anything from this point it's just irresponsible because you should be. Looking towards the sensible life milestones. Okay, well, I'm sitting here across the table from you, looking at it from the point of view of a 69-year-old. In which case, 31 doesn't seem like you know you've really left it too late. So I think this is a really good time to be doing it. Well, thanks for coming and sharing your thoughts and giving me your worldly wisdom. And thank you for the support and the encouragement. My pleasure. I'll, I guess I'll be in touch on、uh, on WhatsApp when I get there. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks, Mum. Come back in one piece. Thanks. Bye bye. A few days later, I was walking through Hampstead Heath, surrounded by darkness. It was New Year's Eve, and I was making my way up Parliament Hill. Some people traipse into central London to celebrate, but the ones in the know gather to look out over the city and watch fireworks light up the sky for miles around. And with only a few minutes to spare, I found myself at the top, wondering what the new year would bring as the crowd counted down around me.
I'm walking back down through Hampstead Heath in the darkness. And I often find New Year's Eve quite stressful. Uh, there's the uh, expectation that you have to enjoy yourself, that you have to have big plans. And of course, there's a sort of pressure about what you're going to achieve the next year. And in my case, often regrets and things that I wish I'd done differently. And I know it's not healthy to dwell on that kind of thing, but I do. But I'm hoping this year will be different. As my mum said, this is the right time to do it. And I don't want to sound all corny, sort of wrapping this up with some schmaltzy monologue, pulling everything together about, man, it's a new year and a new me. But sometimes a bit of schmaltz doesn't go amiss. So new year, new me, baby. Yeah, that's right. fireworks agree. Off the Beaten Jack is produced and presented by me, Jack Boswell. This week's episode was recorded in London with special thanks to my mum, Dorothy Boswell. Theme music by Simon Boswell with additional music by the Caffeine Creek Band, courtesy of Pixabay. If you enjoyed this show, new episodes will be recorded and released en route, so please rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for listening.